0: This is the Canty and Carlin
1: podcast.
0: What up, everybody? This is Canty and Carlin. I am not Canty. He is not Carlin, and neither of us are Chris's. But that is Andre Snellings, and I am Jeff Turn. We're filling in for the guys this afternoon on this Friday, getting you ready for the weekend and more NBA Finals action. The Stanley Cup final is right around the corner, and plenty more, including our takes on skydiving and the risky lives that me and Andre live. This is ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you want to join the show, we'd love to have you. One eight eight eight, say espn That's 888-729-3776. But we are one game in to the NBA Finals, and the Denver Nuggets are up one nothing on the Miami Heat after a dominating performance last night. The final score, not indicative of, of the domination 104 to 93 the final as the nuggets take care of the heat in denver lead the series 1 nothing we have to wait all the way until sunday until we get round two of this finals but plenty to get to we'll have sound for you and plenty of reaction throughout
2: the afternoon but Andre happy Friday to you man how you doing I'm doing good man Friday is beautiful just came off the first game of the NBA finals just did a WNBA fantasy draft last night you know this is my time of year we got French open tennis I'm happy
0: Yeah, this is um, French Open tennis we're going to get to, too. Um, We may be the only two that are as excited about French (laughs) Open tennis in the entire studio there in Bristol, but we will do it anyways because, damn it, we're filling in today for Canty and Carlin. Again, if you want to join the conversation, what surprised you from Game 1? What do you expect for Game 2? Is this thing going to be a 4-game, 5-game, 6-game? Are we going to get to 7? All you have to do is dial us up, 888-SAY-ESPN. Jokic has the triple-double. Uh, Jamal Murray scores 26, and in his finals debut, Nikola Jokic finished with 27 points, 14 assists, 10 rebounds for the Nuggets, walked away with the win, They waited 47 years to make the finals. You know what I loved at the end of the game, Andre? And we're going to get to everything that happened between the four lines in the game. What's that? But usually if you look up at the stands at the end of a a finals game, usually about one third of them are really rich people that are on to the next phase of their life. (laughs) They all stood around and waited for Jokic to leave after the post game interview on the court. They waited 47 years. They paid good money to be in Ball Arena last night, and they soaked up every second
2: of it, man. It was truly a home court advantage, and they absolutely loved every minute of it. Yeah, they did. So a couple things. For one, I actually, my wife would say, hey, Father's Day is coming up. Why don't you check out how much it would cost to go to some of these games? You know, um, I've been to an NBA Finals game before, and so I looked it up. The tickets in Denver are twice as much as the tickets in Miami. You know, like they've been waiting so long in Denver, it is up right now. So your wife's sending you to South Beach is what you're telling us? I mean, you know, she she put it in the air. I don't know if she thought about the location. But, um, you know, uh, uh, South Beach is definitely the more affordable of the two options. But then the other thing, uh, a friend of mine from 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 college moved out to Denver about five years ago. And he's been riding heavy with the Nuggets since then. He went to the game, and he was one of the ones you were just talking about at the end. He was taking pictures, still packed house. Everybody, you know, game is over, and and the party is just getting started in Denver.
0: Yeah, you know, it is getting started. Game one win. We all know, though, that the Heat are notorious for making great, uh, you know, in-series adjustments. And I don't think anybody is naive to think that they're just going to lay down and die after losing game one. And so there's a lot left to be played here. But when you have such a dominating win and in the fashion that you do with the way that Jokic played, I think a lot of people are like, wait a second, I'm going to pump the brakes on this series maybe being as competitive as that Celtics-Miami uh, series just got done being, or even that the Heat can contend for five, six, seven games. However, there's a guy named Jimmy Butler, there's a coach named, named Eric Spolster, and there's an executive named Pat Riley, which we're going to get to in a little bit. But it was it was all nuggets last night. And Jokic afterwards at the presser talked about the brand of basketball being unselfish and how that is what makes him and his team so good.
1: That's how I learned to play basketball and um, I think it's a, that it's really nice to play when and it's really a nice, a hard to guard when uh, you don't know who's going to attack and uh, how to defend you know when everybody's moving everybody's uh, doing something so I think it's a, it's a really nice brand of basketball that uh, that we have
0: Andre, it's it's different than what we see from so many other stars. Sometimes superstars, when they get in moments where defenses are different than what they're typically used to seeing, or a zone comes at them, they press. And I know throughout the broadcast last night, the the crew did an amazing job of continuing to reiterate how Jokic and the Nuggets don't press, specifically Jokic. And and I didn't find one moment where I watched that game and I go, man, he made the he made the wrong decision there. He continued to make the right decision.
2: Play after play after play, absolutely. So, first of all, the Nuggets are just objectively bigger, stronger, and dare I say, better than the Heat. You know, like I, I think that that's what I expected coming into this matchup. You know, I, I like everyone, I did pick the Nuggets to win this series, but I also, I, I'm one of the few I think to pick this to be a long series. I, I think that the heat do have some adjustments they can make to try to make things more interesting but for last night yeah the the the, the bigger more skilled team just won out and and it was from the start right aaron gordon <laughs> he must have had six dunks in the first quarter because he, he kept getting switched so that Gabe Vincent was guarding him. And Jokic was like, oh, OK, well, I'll just throw it at the rim, get get, get another assist. There was a reason why Jokic had way, like twice as many assists as he had shots in that first quarter, first half, because he didn't need to shoot. He was able to just set his teammates up to get easy looks. This is Canty Carlin on
0: ESPN Radio. He's Andre Snellings. I'm Jeff Turn filling in. For the guys this afternoon. On the flip side of things. You know the Heat are going to come back with a different philosophy. They're going to do some different things. Heck they just hope that the the, the rim and the hoop. Is a little bit more forgiving. For some of those three point shots. Because it was god awful last night. They only made 13 threes. And they were so hot in the first, second. And the conference finals. On the east side of things. After really a dreadful year from beyond the arc. Coach Spo after the game. Talked about how the three point shooting. Was just not on par with what they needed.
3: We, we've been through this before. Like, they're ignitable. <laughs> you know, they, they, they've heard it from us. Uh, and they'll hear it from us. Uh, I love those looks, you know, that those guys get. Uh, man, I love it when they see a couple, two or three go down. Uh, that can turn into five or six. But I also love it, you know, that toughness and grit that we don't have to depend on that. You know, we can find different ways and different solutions to, to get a win
0: ignitable. I love that word. I I think it's a real word. I make up words like tricolate <laughs> and portalating and things like that all the time. So ignitable sounds like it's actually a real word and it's not just in the Jeff Turn dictionary, but he's right when Duncan Robinson starts to get hot. Maybe it was Kyle Lowry in the fourth quarter last night Andre that it, it be, you know helps the heat become ignitable from beyond the arc.
2: Maybe because it was actually deceptive. You know, you you mentioned they made 13 threes, but Kyle Lowry and Haywood Highsmith made like five of them in the fourth quarter when they were trying to come back and and they were knocking down their easy looks. The guys that typically make the threes were just – they were beyond, I need to make up a word, they they were co-frigid or, you know, <laughs> freeze Like nation Frigidable.
0: Frigidable. There
2: you know, go. Yeah. I don't know what you call it, but Max Struess was old for 9 from three-point range. Caleb Martin, Max Struess, and Duncan Robinson combined to go 2 for 16 from three. Ain't they were cope. their hot shooters that got them to this point. And yeah, if they shoot like that, and oh, by the way, Jimmy Butler plays passive, that was the most passive I've seen him play in the playoffs this year. You put that together, then yeah, they're going to get blown out. If, if, If this continues, it's a sweep.
0: You can't just score 20 points, 22 points, 21 points. Those were the actual totals for the first, second, and third quarters for the Heat. They put up 30 in the fourth. And I know there were some defensive lapses when you're up 17 in the fourth quarter and you feel like you're cruising to your first ever finals win. But you, you can't beat the Nuggets putting up 20 points a quarter. Part of that was, was the defense. I think the Nuggets played really you know good defense on a string last night. Jokic talked about that on both sides of the ball. Then there was the three-point shooting that was dreadful. And then there was the fact that they only got to the free-throw line two times. And, and, Andre, a lot of times when you watch games like this and a team gets to the free-throw line just a couple of times, the coach after the game... Make sure everyone knows that the refs were bad in whatever form they do. Phil Jackson was great at it. We know Pop was good at it. Spo's good at it. But I didn't hear that from him last night, and I think that the game was officiated pretty well. They just have to be more aggressive. And, and Jimmy Butler talked about those two free throws after the game as well and sort of how that affected what they were able to do.
1: Probably because we shot a lot of jump shots myself, probably leading that pack instead of um, putting pressure on the rim. Um layups getting to the free throw line uh, you know when when you look at it during the game they all look like the right shots and I'm not saying that we can't as a team make those but got to get more layups got to get more free throws and um, whenever you miss and don't get back the game get out of hand kind of quickly um, we gave up too many layups which we can also can't have happen um, but that's that's it as a whole we got to attack the rim a lot more myself included
0: You mentioned it, Andre. You thought the series was going to go longer than many others maybe did. So now that we see the way that the Nuggets were able to get out early, take a lead, stretch that lead, you know, at halftime they're up 17. It cuts it down to about 10. They stretch it back out to 17, 24. Is that more indicative of what you think we're going to see the rest of the way now? Or how much stock do you put in what we saw in game one, even just if it's the short term heading into game two?
2: Yeah, so – for game one, you need to see whether it's going to be a trend or was it a one-off. The Nuggets have been dominating this way in the playoffs the, the, the entire time so far. So it could be that this is just what we're going to see moving forward. But the Heat did not play like themselves. And Jeff, one thing I don't know if you know about me, I'm a nerd. Um, and because I'm a nerd, I'll notice things sometimes. So the game was at altitude. When a game is at altitude, we talk a lot about fatigue and how it can be difficult on the team to get acclimated, just getting tired, being Being exhausted, getting gassed. But there's more than that. So objects don't travel through the through the air at altitude the same way they do on on flat land. And the example I I like to give is the Olympics in nineteen sixty eight. All of the jumping uh records were were set, the long jump, the high jump, because it's thinner altitude, projectiles, objects just move further. And I look at the heat players that they're relying on. So much has been made about them being undrafted. A lot of them also weren't really in the rotation all that strong During the regular season. So with it only being one day turnaround, I do wonder if Max Struess and Robinson and and Caleb Martin was their shot just off because it was just not behaving the way they expected it to. I don't know if that's a reason or an excuse, but as I said, I'm a nerd. So it's something that I paid attention to.
0: I think it's a great point. I think there's a lot of things that can affect a team's performance. And when you feel like you're having to shoot the ball a little softer and you're used to shooting it, a little bit harder. Obviously, I think at some point when you're not making those shots too, even if it's just cognitive, even if it's something that just creeps in your head, you know at some point the coaching staff told them about what you just said because they got some nerds working on that staff as well. (laughs) Absolutely. In the analytical department that are going to tell them about these things. And so as you start to miss shots, I'm sure it becomes something where you're trying to adjust and then they're not falling and you're starting to doubt it. I'm sure that's going to be something that they have to make an adjustment for heading into game two. Eric Spolster also talked about what they can learn from game one to make game two a different result.
3: Yeah, we're definitely going to have to go to school on it. Uh, you know, they're in a pretty good rhythm, you know, especially in that first half. Our disposition, the multiple efforts, um, the resolve in the second half was much better. Um, but, you know, uh, you get to this level, and it, it has to be uh, complete games uh, of that kind of disposition. And even if you have that, you're not always going to win uh you know, all the possessions that you want. Uh, But that's what you expect. You don't expect it to be easy when you get to this final round. Uh, This is a great challenge. Uh, It's going to require more. Um, We'll get to work and, um, you know, see what we can do better, what we can do harder, what we can do with more effort.
0: I would just feel so comfortable if I was in that heat locker room knowing Eric Spolster is my coach. Andre, you just listen to him, and and he could be talking about rebounding from a bad week of business, or (laughs) he could be talking about, you know, failing a test, or whatever it is. And I'm like, yep, I feel like I can turn things around because he's leading the direction that I need to go. And ultimately, he has the tools to make it better. He said it we're going to go to school. We're going to mm-hmm. figure it out. We're going to have to be better to start. We can't get in a hole. But he says it all very calmly matter with this fact. sense, a yeah, matter of fact, that like, I got the solutions. We got to go execute to make it happen.
2: Absolutely. And he's one of the best coaches, you can conservatively say, in NBA history now. And he's come a long way to get to that point. The first times he made the finals, he was facing questions like Joe Mazzulla. Like, you know, is he the one that's going to lead them? But now he has led them through so many different iterations with so much different success. So, yeah, if, if I'm a player on the Heat, I feel like, I need to listen to the school, you know, go to the school that he's about to to put us under and, and, and see what we can do to to not look the same on Sunday as we looked on Thursday.
0: Now, if this, if this was a, a game in January and you were evaluating the heat and you said, all right, if you're going to make a run in the playoffs, you may need to add a piece. You need some more offense, whatever the case may be. Once you get to the playoffs, it's rare that you get to add a piece onto your team. The only way that you can is if someone comes back. From injury, and our own Jalen Rose, ESPN NBA analyst, was a part of the crew pregame, postgame, halftime last night there in Denver. He thinks that adding Tyler Hero back from injury is something that's absolutely essential for Miami.
1: They're going to need him if they're going to win this series because, as Woj mentioned, his offensive prowess in particular getting shots off the dribble for himself and late-in-clock, late, in game, late, in clock, late in game situations as a shot maker. So I think he's going to be a joke, but he's not much of a defender. And one of the things that he'd have done really well is defend to get to this point. But obviously, you want to welcome a player like that back.
0: Jalen Rose there on his thoughts regarding Tyler Hero. How big of an impact do you think Tyler Hero could have on this
2: series, Andre? He could be a significant ad if he's able to come back and play full speed. I don't expect, even if he potentially plays on Sunday, I don't think he's coming in as Tyler Hero. He's going to have to work himself up to that. But I've got a couple of combat sport analogies uh, for this series that maybe we'll get into later. But the gist behind all of them is the Heat being the kind of smaller and and not as talented team they have to junk it up. They they have to try everything. They have to make in-game adjustments. And in order for Spolster to do that, he needs every tool at his disposal. So there's going to be times when Tyler Hero shooting and playing like Tyler Hero could be the best tool for the job. And he has to Spolstra needs to to have that option at his disposal if the Heat are going to have a chance to make this competitive.
0: Yeah, it's nothing like getting back a guy that can hit it from three, that can take it to the rack, that can really spread it out. And that's exactly what Tyler Hero can bring. When he's healthy, you mentioned it, coming back, getting those legs back after his injury would certainly be, uh, you know, an added boost for Miami and nothing like sort of getting a trade piece mid-finals for the the Heat after they lose game one, as they did last night to the Denver Nuggets, 104-93. to Coming up on Sunday on ABC, we'll get game number two as the Miami Heat try to even up this series. ESPN Analytics has the Nuggets as a 76.7% favorite over the Heat back at 23.3. The odds makers out in the desert have installed the Nuggets there at Caesars as a 8.5-point favorite over under 215. I don't know how they got that thing at 215, man. After watching <laughs> last night, they'll be lucky to get the 200. And, and it, wasn't, it, was, it was both teams were struggling a little bit with some flow and some things at times, but uh, we'll see what happens as we get closer coming up to sunday espn radio is your home for the nba finals tune in to game two sunday night presented by indeed coverage begins at 7 30 eastern on most espn radio stations and on sirius xm channel 80 we'll take a break from the nba finals but stick with the nba theme next as adam silver says John ja morant's ruling is coming after the nba finals we will get into that after andre has this word from
2: fanduel Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. Visit FanDuel.com slash play and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
4: Just click. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This
0: is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: Honestly, I was shocked when I saw that video. For Ja, I think he has to take a step back and figure out what's important to him. Because you're on the verge of blowing it all. We've uncovered a fair amount of additional information, given that we're, of course, in the offseason. He has now been suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies indefinitely. And my sense now is that shortly after the conclusion of the finals, we will announce the outcome of that investigation.
0: It's Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. I am Jeff Turn. Andre Snellings alongside me this afternoon. Happy Friday to you all. The NBA Finals front and center. And Adam Silver wants it to be that way. He is not announcing any revelations from the investigation into John ja Morant. Nor any of the information with regards to what the penalty may or may not be. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Presented by progressive insurance what do you think should happen to john morant adam silver is going to tell us after the finals what they ultimately found through the investigation and what the suspension is going to be but if you'd like to weigh in on what you think it should be feel free we'd love to hear from you 888 say ESPN that's 8887293776 now as i mentioned Adam Silver is going to wait. Here's what he had to say at the presser before the NBA Finals, specifically about job.
1: In terms of the timing um, we've uncovered a fair amount um, of additional information. I think since I was still asked about the situation, I would say we probably could have brought it to a head now, but we made the decision. And I, and I believe the players association agrees with us that it would be unfair to these players and these teams um, in the middle of the series to announce the results of that investigation. And given that we're, of course, in the offseason, he has now been suspended um, by, his, by the Memphis Grizzlies indefinitely. And so nothing is, would have changed anyway in the next few weeks. I, it, it seemed better to park um, that at the moment, at least any public announcement. And my sense now is that shortly after the conclusion of the finals. we we will announce the outcome of that investigation.
0: Andre, let's go back before we go forward. Morant was suspended for eight games by the NBA in March for an incident where he broadcast himself on Instagram Live displaying a gun in a suburban Denver club and then was suspended by the Grizzlies last month, as Adam Silver alluded to, for another video showing Morant displaying what appeared to be a gun yet again in a car and so as we listen to silver does his comments make you think this penalty will be more or less severe versus what you thought maybe prior to hearing Adam silver
2: speak the tone of his voice and the the timing the the way that he emphasized the timing that we're, we're not going to talk about it till after the finals which I think is a good decision by the way but those things make me think it may be a little more serious than initially expected I know Right afterwards, I would hear a lot of NBA players weighing in on it and weighing in on what they were kind of expecting and ways that they thought the job could get better. And I would hear them like, you know, Kevin Garvin was like, he's going to have to do this half a season. He's going to have to do this half a season. But the way that the the sound of Silver's voice, both this time and the last time he spoke about it um, on, on ESPN's air, it just sounds like it could be more than that. And if so, then that's when it could get a little difficult.
0: It's kind of ironic that Kevin Garnett is weighing in on this. Remember for that playoff series uh, against, I believe it was the Lakers, he was getting the Uzi and every Glock yeah. that he could find, and he was bringing them off because he was going to – some
2: joints with a laser on it. <laughs> yeah, man, like
0: that video, uh, kind of ironic that we'd have Kevin Garnett weighing in on it. But in all seriousness here, I think you can go one of two ways with what Silver had to say. Number one, with regards to the players' union comment of that, when you mm-hmm. bring them in, you know that they've been involved in this, right. that there's a collaborative effort there – to announce this decision post-NBA Finals, and you know if the union's brought in that something with the collective bargaining agreement had to be discussed with regard to the suspension. Now, Adam Silver has a lot of leeway with regards to what he could ultimately hand down as far as that suspension is concerned, according to the CBA, but immediately that leads me to believe there's been a collaborative effort between the union and between the league to when the suspension comes down, that Morant's probably going to accept it and they're going to move forward from there. Now, second part of it is, with regards to the investigation and they and and Silver saying that they you know found some more stuff out. That could go one of two ways. It could mean oh maybe maybe we we found out information to lead us to believe that Morant wasn't putting himself in a dangerous situation. Maybe it wasn't a real gun. What it, or we found some stuff out that made us feel this was much more severe than we thought it was.
2: Right, right. And and you make a great point about the players' unions' involvement being front and central to this because that does give a bit of a connotation that they're not just throwing Morant completely under the jail or at least it, it at least makes me think that way that he might have have had some support from the players union because you know this thing has a lot of layers and there's the initial layer of just hey if you're on a job you have to follow the rules for that job and that he had a near miss with a suspension just a few weeks before uh, th- this latest incident and so those things don't look good but on the flip side there's the fact that what job was doing wasn't illegal uh, especially you know especially yeah. in Tennessee um yeah. you know there there there's no laws against what he was doing the Tennessee congressman sent out Christmas cards where he and his family are holding assault rifles um other there- athletes have been on you know, social
0: media pages with guns. I mean, personally, I found what Miles Bridges did uh, to be much more egregious and something that that the book needs to be thrown at you, domestic violence situation, the law was involved, there was an arrest, there was a plea bargain. Uh, the, The details that came out from that case, to me, way more alarming. Yeah, And to see what he got and then have it reduced based on the fact that he wasn't signed by a team last year, Tells me that the suspension for John Morant, even though it's the second time around, should be much less than Miles Bridges. But I have a feeling it's not going to me, going to be, and I don't like that hypocrisy about the suspensions. Listen, is it bad for business? Depends on who you ask. To you know, if you ask somebody in Tennessee or you ask somebody in South Dakota, where I live, what John Morant did—he had a gun in a car in a state where it's legal. A lot of people that I live around or that I know have guns in their cars. They yeah. don't usually go on Instagram live and tote it around and try to be cool or whatever it is, but they own guns and they carry them around because it's legal to do so. So is it bad for business in those markets? I don't know. Is it bad for business with your corporate partners? Probably yes, because you're expanding that out to to all 50 states and worldwide. And we all know about gun violence issues throughout this country and abroad. So I think you have to take some context with that. Is it bad for business? In some sense, absolutely. And that's what John's going to be suspended for, not for breaking a law for, for breaking a code of conduct. And I, I just, I have a hard time swallowing the fact that he's probably going to be suspended more than someone that was arrested on domestic violence and pled out on it. That to me does not feel right.
2: Yeah, I agree. And you know, again, we have to wait and see what the actual suspension is before sure. we can, you know, really push back and react on it. But I, I tend to I, – I feel like, okay, it was such an unnecessary thing. Yep. Whether it was illegal or not, it was so unnecessary. Why do this after you just had that run in? It just sure. seems not – Stupid, yes. Yeah, it was a yeah. bad decision. Yeah. But – I can't, like you, I, I can't see the suspension being too long. Like, if it's an entire season, I feel like there's going to be pushback. And maybe the players' union would have already pushed back. So I'm hoping that it's somewhere in between.
0: I think it should be somewhere around 15 games, 20 games at the most. Mm-hmm. And, and then you move on from there. He's going to lose a lot of money and may lose some sponsors. And we'll see where the league goes. And we'll find out, according to Adam Silver, after the NBA Finals. We'll get back to some other news on a much more lighter note coming up next as the Suns are finalizing a deal to hire Frank Vogel as their head coach. What does this mean for Kevin Durant? We'll get to that next as we continue on Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any Friday, everybody. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. Yell at your smart speaker now. Tell it to play ESPN Radio. If it doesn't listen, get a new smart speaker. He's uh, Andre Snellings. I'm Jeff Turn on this Friday. You can join the conversation by hitting us up on Twitter as well at JTESPN, at Professor Dr. Z. Hey, man, it was a lifelong dream of mine to work with Dr. Dre. I'm living that dream
2: today. I'm living hey, that dream today, man. Like I always say, you know, I'm a billion dollars shorter of the other Dr. Dre, but <laughs> if he uh, if he give me half of that, he can have my Ph.D. We call square business.
0: <laughs> hey, even trade, man, no problem. <laughs> We've been hitting on the NBA Finals today. We'll get back to that in a little bit as the Nuggets lead the series 1-0 with their dominating win last night. Again, the final score, not really indicative of what the domination looked like from the start of that game on just got done talking about John ja Moran, his situation. Adam Silver says they're going to announce the suspension and the findings of the investigation post-NBA Finals, so we'll have to wait to see what that is. But the coaching carousel continues throughout the association, and now we only have one team left looking for a head coach, that team being the Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse, they subbed a doctor for a nurse in Philadelphia. <laughs> we thought maybe we'd have an opening in Boston, but Joe is going to be coming back. Uh, Milwaukee found their new guy, and now it looks like Phoenix has found theirs. The Suns are finalizing a deal to hire Frank Vogel as their next head coach. He emerged from a finalist group that included former 76ers coach Doc Rivers and Suns assistant Kevin Young, according to sources at ESPN. Vogel comes in with that ring, with that championship in 2020 in the bubble with the Lakers and has a history of constructing elite defenses. We all know the offense has been elite. For Phoenix we've seen that in the past with Chris Paul and Booker and eight net times and then they add Kevin Durant last year via trade so now Frank Vogel is tagged with taking what was there and making it better they went to the finals against Milwaukee I went up and watched one of those games in the finals it felt like the Suns were going to win that and then that series took a quick turn and they never got back with Monty Williams, do you agree with this hire from Phoenix Andre? Do you like the hire of Frank Vogel?
2: So, I always have to preface that I thought the best coach for the Suns was Monty Williams. Like I I don't think he should have been fired and so every other decision from there is going to be colored by, you know, by 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 that brush uh, as far as I'm concerned. When it comes to moving on from Monty Williams though, I feel like they felt like they needed to have a brand name. They needed to have a coach that had championship next to his name. And so to that end, I think Vogel is a a solid NBA coach. He's been coaching, you know, for what, about a decade for three different teams. He had some success with the Pacers. They were able to make the playoffs uh, for most of his tenure. They were not able to get to the next level, but they were, he was able to build them to a playoff team Didn't have so much luck in Orlando, but the Lakers, of course, he did win the championship and had another strong season before injuries kind of ended his run there. I feel like even with the Lakers, he wasn't necessarily their first choice at the time. There was lots of buzz that they were, you know, looking for other coaches—Jason Kidd, Ty Lue, others. Absolutely, but but they won, you know, and, and that can't be taken away from him. So. I think that. But they were quick to pull the the trigger on getting him
0: out of there, though, right? Like when it went south, they weren't ready to, you know, ride the Rocky Waters. They're like, dude, get out of Dodge and we're going to bring somebody else in. And I think, you know, in Phoenix, it's going to be interesting to see what the contract looks like with all of this. It feels like maybe sort of a similar situation. If you win, you're our guy. Yeah. If not, hey, Ty Lue, and your contract's done with the Clippers. You know, be on line one. We might be hollering at you.
2: Exactly. Everybody seems to be waiting on Ty Lue. You don't normally see it with coaching. You normally see it with the free agent. Like it's going to be the summer of you know when Giannis becomes available, or you know, but 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 Ty Lue. In theory, becomes available next summer, and and so yeah, this could be a placeholder hire. Let, let's get somebody with a championship pedigree and a name. And if it doesn't work, then we we shoot for defenses next year.
0: As soon as the contract's done with Ty Lue, I just env- envision him sitting in the office with like the background noise <laughs> of Hotline Bling. Like you know, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be Hotline Bling for Tyron Lue next year. Uh, when when teams are calling, Tim Bonteps, our own Tim Bonteps, ESPN NBA Insider had these thoughts on what the Vogel hire means for Kevin Durant specifically. It means that the Suns got a really good coach, Max, a guy who won a championship in the bubble, as we're seeing here, with the Lakers in 2020, a guy who knows how to construct a great defense, and it means that the Suns still need a lot of players because, as we saw in that second-round series against the eventual NBA champion Denver Nuggets, sorry for your prediction on that, Uh, the, the Suns did not have the talent to win that series, and Monty Williams is a really good coach, Frank Vogel's a really good coach, but at the end of the day, the Suns need more players to win, and we'll see what players they can get this summer. I think the bench is going to be key to all of this. That starting lineup's going to look great. I mean, if I could could make the moves for Phoenix, I'd trade DeAndre Ayton for a starting piece and something on the bench that's going to help me from beyond the arc. I think that's important for what Phoenix is trying to do. Schematically, Frank Vogel's going to help them defensively, but they do need to add pieces.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so that was the thing with the Kevin Durant trade, right? There's a reason ESPN Analytics didn't love that trade for Phoenix because they gave up so much quality depth, so many defensive-minded pieces. And so, yeah, they, they need to bring that back and build that around Durant and uh, Booker.
0: Yeah, they're going to have to do that uh, as soon as they can, whether that's via the draft or figuring it out in free agency we'll stay with the theme of the nba next and continue talking about the coaching carousel can nick nurse keep james hard and happy and in philly that's next on Candy and carlin here on espn radio thanks for listening to the canty and carlin podcast you can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 eastern on espn radio plus you can listen on the espn app canty and carlin the podcast